Hi, and welcome to another episode of the By Your Side podcast, the property podcast to help you make smarter property buying decisions. Now, if you've been listening to the episodes over the past time, you would know that I'm always on the lookout for helping you get into the property market by creative solutions, if you like. And recently, I was reading an article in the Australian Financial Review, and it was talking about Hope Housing. And Hope Housing is a co-investment solution that's solving housing affordability for essential workers. Now, if you are an essential worker, you might want to take a listen to this episode because I am very excited to have Alison Bailey, who is the head of marketing and operations with me today to explain what Hope Housing does and how it can help you get on the property ladder quicker. So without further ado, Ali, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks for the opportunity to speak with you. Now, I only came across it in the last couple of months or so, but I know Hope Housing has been going for a while. Could you tell me about how Hope Housing came about and, and what has been its sort of, its, its process till, till, till today. So Hope was founded by two Tims. And the first Tim, Tim Sims, he is our financial backer. He's the uh, founder and um, managing director at Pacific Equity Partners, which is one of Australia's largest private equity fund managers. He has a deep passion for helping people through his philanthropic initiatives. And one of those initiatives is, is Hope Housing. The second founding Tim is Tim Buskins, and Tim Buskins is actually the CEO of Hope Housing. But he comes to the ta- he came to the table with a very strong background in superannuation and also private equity. They came together. I mean, they'd worked previously, but back in 2018, they came together and they could clearly see that housing affordability was becoming a really big problem for essential workers. Yeah. Um, they were increasingly being priced out of communities that needed them and they were being forced to, you know, to move to the outer rings of Sydney um, and do a lot of travel. So that's why they came together and said, look, we've got to try and solve this. How are we going to do it? And, um, you know, they looked around the world for various models and came back with a shared equity solution. So, I mean, shared equity or co-investing is it's new in Australia, but it's not something new around the world. So it's something that's being done in Canada and the US and also the UK, but it's still relatively new here in Australia. And so... I love I love data. <laughs> so how many? So since you since your inception, how how many uh, successful co purchases have you actually um, had? I mean, how many essential workers can you help on a yearly basis, and are you hoping to help on a yearly basis? Mm. So I mentioned before that Tim and Tim started work on this in 2018. It took a while to get out of the ground because it's just such a new idea. But we have been in operation since October last year. So in the last 12 months, or a little bit over 12 months. We've been able to successfully buy 14 homes, which has helped 22 essential workers. Great. So, yeah, so it's exciting and um, it's great to see, you know, we're getting some track record and we're proving that our model works and we're pro- proving that there's a demand for it and that essential workers really want this sort of help. And so is there a sort of a standard shared equity 
process or is it dependent on the essential worker and how much they bring to the table? Like, do, do you work with, with them on a one-on-one basis? We actually, we are like a wholesaler. So we, one thing that um, Tim and Tim never wanted to do was disrupt the way people go about financing homes. So right now they go to the bank and they look to see what sort of mortgage they can get together with their deposit. And so we didn't want to disrupt that process. So we we sort of, they still go to the bank and we've partnered with Police Bank, a mutual uh, that is that operates Australia-wide, but was yeah. happy to work with us while we started our pilot in the Sydney region. And that's another important point. We have just kicked off in the greater Sydney region. So we're not buying houses all over Australia yet. We've okay. sort of focusing in on that Sydney area. Yeah, so we've partnered with Police Bank. So they go into the bank, um, they see if they, you know, you still have to have a deposit, so minimum two and a half percent deposit for our solution. You still need okay. to be able to service a home loan, and then we come on top um, as the co-investor, and we will contribute anywhere between thirty and fifty percent of the purchase price of property. So uh, we've given lenders the tools that they need to be able to calculate what that co-investment from Hope is going to be, and yeah. then yeah, then they get their home loan approval conditional approval together with a conditional approval on a co-investment from Hope together with yeah. their deposit that's how much they can go out and purchase a house for yeah okay excellent and and so they come to you and I mean then they go out and find a property do you get a say in into what they buy where they buy the type of property they buy do you guide them do you give them education yeah. because for me that's that's what this podcast is all about it's all about education and you just don't know what you don't know particularly first home buyers it's it's the wild wild west out there and that's I guess that that's our value proposition to essential workers because yeah sort of until now they've they've had build to rent solutions where, you know, a big block of units have been put up and there's like a certain percentage that are sort of put aside for essential workers to be able to sort of mm. rent. Our our value proposition is obviously home ownership, but also you choose where you want to live. Um, yep. And so obviously it's really, really important that we educate our home buyers to yep. make sure they buy well because they're using our investors' funds as potentially half of the value of the property that they're going to buy. So it's absolutely yep. crucial. So one of the big things that we built as part of, you know, creating hope was our asset due diligence process. So not only do we educate um, home buyers on the sorts of properties that we like and don't like, things to watch out for, things that, you know, yep. things that are good to have, things red that are flags. not so good to have. Yeah, red flags. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. We've also built an investment um, committee uh, that got a whole range of different, you know, checkboxes that need to be ticked before we say, yep, we're happy for, we're happy to co-invest yep. in a particular property. You know, yep. we're... We, we do things like we've partnered with Optin, um, one of Australia's biggest uh, valuation firms, to help us okay. with a pre-purchase valuation. And this was the thing that I alluded to earlier. It took us a little while to get this out of the ground because we've really challenged the way people, you know, have done business previously. There weren't too many valuation firms out there that were happy to provide a pre-purchase valuation for a, mm. um, for a fund manager. So, you know, they've always done post-purchase yep. valuations for lenders. Yeah. <laughs> 
for banks, yeah. but um, never a pre-purchase for a fund manager. So it was really a different way of thinking and we really needed partners to come on board that believed in what we were doing and wanted to help solve the, the issue and yeah. come up with a solution. So, you know, valuations are really, pre-purchase valuations are really important part of our due diligence. That is what actually sets maximum purchase price because, you know, our investors are always saying, oh, you put in an extra 50%, you're just going to increase property prices. People are going to be, you know, they're going to have their pockets open and they're willing to pay more. But in actual fact, in practice, what we're seeing is even with Hope's co-investment, the behaviours of, you know, home buyers doesn't really change. They still want a good, they still want a good price for a property. So, you know, because they're putting in half, they have to pay the deposit in a home loan. So, we, nev- we didn't sort of know that that behaviour was going to occur, but it has. But, you know, also we've got a great backstop in that we all- always put a cap on the purchase price yep. of the property. That's um, good. I mean, I-, I guess that also comes that that shows that your education is working because, you know, people who, who are flying blind are just like, you know, throwing up that paddle at auction. I've seen it many times. But I- but the more you educate your, your co-investors, your, your, you know, your essential workers, that, that they become much more aware of what it is that the actual process of and the gravity of what it is that they're doing and that they're using partially your investment to do so. Um, mm. I think it's, yeah, it, it, it makes sense that, you know, they, they don't then overpay and, and that you guys provide evaluation up front is, is, is crucial. Now, Hope Housing has backers and, and, and people who, who believe in this. So where, where do you guys get your investors from then? Is this because it's something new? I'm not familiar with this arena at all, but it really piques my interest because say you're the shoe is on the other foot. If there's someone out there who really thinks this is this is a fantastic scheme, which I think it is, allowing more essential workers to, you know, own their own property, where do you find your funding? So Hope was built in in that it was meant to be targeting institutional investors, like the big Australian super funds. Um, but what we found is because shared equity and co-investing is such a new concept in Australia, the super funds are a little risk adverse. And so they're, you know, they want to see track record. They want to see, you know, proof that this thing works before they jump on board and pile in lots and lots of money. Um, You know, we've got a lot of engagement from super funds. They're very interested. They're sitting back and watching. But what we're finding is uh, right now what's working well for us is, you know, family foundations, philanthropic investors, and even owners of self-managed super funds. Now, these are always smaller licks of money, which is, you know, but they all count and they all make a difference. It's just that we're not able to help as, as many people as what we could if a big super fund decided yeah. to invest in hope but you know over time we'll yeah. build up that track record you know the super funds might start you know moving away from rental solutions and moving yeah. to ownership solutions because you know yeah. the Aussie dream of home ownership hasn't died we don't want you know whole big segments of society just being you know renters for their entire life because then that becomes a problem for the super funds later on down the track when they go to retire. Super funds are slow moving beasts aren't they and the, the the whole financial industry is a slow moving beast so I guess it's a, it's a, it's a matter of time the more you know you show what it actually the benefits are for them as much as you know the people they're helping it will be well, a it was matter of time because- their members. Helping them exactly, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which is home ownership. Yeah. yeah. And so now in New South Wales, there's always different, you know, grants and, and things available from the New South Wales government to help first home buyers, to help, 
you know particular segments of you know the 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 property buying groups to get to get that that first rung on the ladder at the moment we've got the shared equity home buyer helper which is quite a mouthful uh which is supporting and creating opportunities for lower income single parents older singles first home buyers to live in their own home is hope similar to that i mean obviously that you're targeting essential workers specifically but mm. is is the setup similar to that yeah i mean they're both shared equity solutions mm. but i guess the the some of the eligibility criteria is a little, little bit different in that we don't have the same income caps we actually have no income caps for eligibility okay. in hope whereas the government yeah. has set eligibility caps mm. on theirs they do. Um, yeah. which means that we're definitely targeting maybe a slightly different audience so Whereas the government solution might be for early career essential workers, hope is definitely that sort of mid-career. People who, you know, have gone from being, you know, a single person to a married person to, you know, all of a sudden having a a family but still living in a two-bedroom unit but never having the ability to sort of, you know, move out of that because they just don't have the affordability to do it. So we're we're targeting that that group. Yeah. Yeah. Also, That's that's um, great actually. Ali, because we find that that next step is potentially even harder, particularly with the unit prices and the house prices, you know, the gap is getting wider and wider. And what even from my side as a buyer's agent, I'm finding never before have I had to help families with children move into the next uh, strata unit as opposed to going from strata to torrents titled you know they can't bridge that gap anymore so they're kind of stuck so they're going from two bedroom to three bedroom apartments for example or, or a townhouse you know a strata titled townhouse so for you guys to be able to help that tier that is really struggling is actually great because it's actually an additional help uh not just the same as the shared equity home buyer now with do you i know that um with the shared equity home buyer they have a different kind of contribution depending on whether it's a new dwelling or whether it's an established property do you make that differentiation too or yeah i can tell you we don't do new dwellings so um it has Ooh. to be an existing it has to be an yeah. existing property so mm. when you you know and it needs to we don't do any off the plan we want like established properties so you know it's got a track record as well so. oh my god i love that i love that even more now because yeah. i am such an advocate for people to understand the risks of of new builds and nearly new builds there there are huge risks involved in that so i love that you're going for established well, i mean that that does make it harder of course uh because there's a lot of demand you know is. demand is, is vastly outstripping we supply definitely, we definitely have a lot more success with off-market properties and also just private treaty as opposed to auctions yep. so before mm. when i said that we had you know we've secured 14 properties well we've actually reviewed like more than 50 to get those 14 so yeah you know we've been outbid at auctions and you know we've actually said no to a few for various reasons that have come out of our due diligence processes and stuff and this is is this your client so is this your do you call them clients is that your your we call them home we call them home buyers before buyers your home buyers find the off markets or do they get help with that or you know it's a it is a real challenge the people that we are helping have got low low deposits or not not enough savings so they are having to do a lot of the groundwork themselves door knocking real yeah. estate agents saying oh what do you this is what i'm after this is how much money i've got have you got anything coming up do you know anyone yeah. that wants to sell so they are it's a grind uh, 
Yeah, they are unfortunately, they're pretty cash poor. So they haven't really, we haven't actually had a buyer that's used a buyer's agent yet. But mm. yeah, but it's, I mean, look, I, I think that a buyer's agent is obviously an investment into the process. And I'm very much aware that not, not everyone is in that position. Mm. Uh, but I think the fact that you are bringing a piece of education to the table, as well as, as money is already a huge, you know, advantage for them. Because most most first home buyers without a buyer's agent, they really are just going on what their parents tell them or what they read in the media or and hopefully listening to this podcast too. But, you know, they really need that piece of education because that gives them empowerment to go, okay, no, I know that this is not the way it should be or this is what I need to look out for or this is the way I should strategize at auction, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, they're experts now, at doing their jobs. They're not experts at buying houses. So. No, well, that's exactly right. That's yeah. <laughs> It's taken me a long time to know what I know for sure and I know that all my clients are experts at what they do and yeah. I, I have absolutely no idea what they're doing. <laughs> I was going to say the other really um, big difference between our uh, model and the government model is they also have uh, purchase price. They have um, yeah, home property value limits as well. So they'll only enter into yes. properties that are, you know, I think um, $900,000 if you're a single and $1.2 million if you're a couple. We don't have any of those sorts of limits. I mean, we have a, a limit, but it's $2 million. So it definitely yeah. gets you into the inner rings of Sydney as opposed to pushing you to the outer rings because our value proposition is keeping essential workers within yeah. the communities that they serve uh, because that whole trap, that commute, on top of a, you know, a 12-hour mm. shift is, is huge. Yeah. yeah, no, it's interesting because it was actually a report that came out just the other day where it talked about how many and where had the shared equity home buyer help actually helped people. And it was nowhere near really the inner west or anything like that. It was really mm. at least... 20 kilometers away uh and of course those people need help too but for you guys that is great that you don't have that cap because literally you know what can you buy for a million dollars nowadays or or 900k within that inner ring that the 10k radius to the cbd which is where you know particularly you know like you said you've done a 12 hour day you don't want to add then another hour to your commute to either either end and these people they don't they can't use the public transport because, you know, they work their odd hours. So, you know, they have to drive themselves. And I've spoken to a nurse who was having to drive between Sydney and Newcastle and, you know, feeling that she was having like little, you know, little naps <laughs> along the way. That's, that's not only crazy, but also slightly dangerous. Yeah, um, yes. You know, I remember in my younger years, I used to work for British Airways and I was a purser and a cabin crew member and I used to do, you know, long haul flights and I lived and I was also flipping properties in Lincolnshire, which was about a two and a half hour drive. And I would come off a flight just off Hong Kong, for example, having worked an 18 hour day and then drive and sit and drive in the car. I mean, I don't know how I did that. Uh, and yeah. that wasn't as regular as these essential workers have to get into work. So yeah, no, this is this is a much better solution. Now, tell me, once you once they've bought the property, you obviously own a share in in the property. Is there a 
is the idea then that they help, they pay off their mortgage, their part, and then help pay your part off as well? Or do you intend to keep it until they sell it down the track? Yeah. And is there then a, a shared profit share, if you like? We definitely profit share. So if we've bought 50% up front and they haven't bought out any of our share along the way when they go to sell, whatever they sell it for, uh, we, yeah. get, we share in the capital gains. Uh, 50-50. Yeah. But yes, we definitely um, we definitely will be, you know, obviously we're only 12 months in, but there's an education mm. piece that needs to come about, you know, educating essential workers on the importance of, you know, building up their share, their equity share in the property so that they can have access to the capital gains. We definitely, obviously they need to pay off their home loan and that would be their number one priority. But yeah. Buying out hope along the way is also a really important aspect as well. But, you know, we can't force people to do that. Um, no. It's all just going to be through education, you know, if they get a pay rise or if they, you know, get a windfall or, you know, yeah. it's really important to educate them on the importance of buying out hope because, you know, that turns our money over, which means that we can then reinvest yeah. that money into buying another house for another essential working family. So Absolutely. And then if they if they get to keep, you know, more of that capital growth when they do sell, that gives them that next leg up in, yep. in their next purchase and hopefully they can do it by themselves by then. Yep. Um, That's what we hope. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's excellent. Well, do you have a cap on how many people you, you're hoping to, to help in the coming year, 2024? So completely uncapped. We've developed processes in, and we've got systems that will scale. So um, we're ready to take on the world, but we're hamstrung at the moment by our inv- by investors. So the number of people that are coming on board and investing funds but you know we've we've developed great systems and processes that can you know we can probably get you know 30 to 40 essential workers into homes per month so um and obviously we've got a team of you know work people working to try and raise the capital we need to be able to do that yeah um but yeah we've we built it first and now yes. we're waiting for the funds to come through. So, but we've tested everything. Everything works. You know, we've gotten, we've bought these 14 homes. We've helped 22 essential workers. We know it works. We know yeah. there's demand. We've got like more than 2,000 um, people on our wait list. Back in wow. October, we had a, a current affair approach us off the yeah. back of a, a Australian Financial Review article that they'd seen. And since then, we We've been absolutely inundated with people just saying, "Like you're our, you're our dream come true." Like yes. when can we, have, when can we have a turn? When's it our turn? Yes. yes. Yeah. So yeah, we've yeah. I mean, we've built a great back end system, and um, yeah, we're just now waiting for the investors to jump on board, or more I investors to jump on board. Yeah, and in the meantime. I mean, you've got you've got two thousand people on the wait list. Are you still allowing people to be added at the to the end of the wait list, or have you closed your wait list for now? Yeah, it's probably probably be a good idea to close the wait list, but um, you know, we just keep engaging. No, don't do that. Don't do that just yet, because I need my listeners to jump on your wait list. <laughs> no, no, the wait list is still open, and um, we're developing some really good communications with those people. Good dialogue. You know, they're sharing yeah. information about their situation that helps us to build out our case within with investors um, yeah. and we're keeping them up to date with investor activity so you know Brilliant. we 
we've obviously, um, for all the money that we've gotten in so far, we've allocated that to essential workers. So we still have um, a handful of essential workers that are approved out there looking for homes right now. They just haven't found the right one. As soon as we get more investment funds, we'll be able to open the gates again. Yeah. Excellent. So in the meantime, if you are such a person and Hope Housing has piqued your interest, uh, jump on hopehousing.com.au. That's probably the best way to get in touch with you guys, Ali, right? Just jump on the website. Absolutely. Yes. We've got lots of information there. There's a form that you can fill in to put your name down on the wait list. Yeah. Um, You can send us an email. And likewise, for those investors out there, who are thinking this is a good idea, and it is, it is a good idea, to make a difference with the money that you want to invest with. Um, There is actually a tab on hoghousing.com.au specifically for investors. Reach out to them and make a difference because I think this is the way forward for more essential workers uh, out there to, to get into the property market and have that security that simply the rental market doesn't afford you. Ali, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate you taking the time. I know you guys are extremely busy right now, but thank you so much for taking the time to explain Hope Housing to me and everyone listening. I wish you all the greatest success and thanks again. Thanks, Michelle. It's lovely to talk to you. If you have enjoyed this episode um, and you want to know more about Hope Housing, the website is hopehousing.com.au. You can check out all the information on there. If you have any questions for me, uh, specifically uh, that you want me to tackle uh, anything and everything to do with property, uh, do get in touch. The email is hello at buyyourside.com.au. Thank you so much for listening and until next time.